Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. So we often excuse the insanity of our sin of living a lower life because we're only human and we can't help it. But the reason serving matters so very much is that Jesus came down to the earth to serve us, to take away all of our excuses, and to make us far more than failed human beings. Jesus made the choice that completely saves us from living a broken down, low life. So that if you and I choose to live a low life, if you and I choose to live a sad life all our life, if you and I choose to live a self-centered life that uses people and gathers things and, and downplays relationships and breaks people, that's totally on us. If we throw away our gifting, if we refuse to live up to our call and the potential that God put in us, that God redeemed in us, that's on us. And there's no one to blame but us. Believing Jesus served us beautifully in a broken world leads us to serve Him well, always. But if we allow the sadness of our life here on earth, if we allow the sorrow of what we don't have, if we allow the absence of good to overshadow the the goodness of God, then we're going to live a life that, that on earth misses our ability to be the difference God created us to be. Guys, I'm telling you, one of the things I don't like about Jesus, He takes away all my excuses, not just all my sin. (laughs) And without excuse, I'm faced with the possibility of a limitless life in Him. Now, I'm not talking about limitless in terms of of what my vision for it is and what the world's. I'm talking about in terms of how God wants to use my life and your life in a broken world. And so in Matthew 20, verse 26, Jesus said, but among you it will be quite different. This new kingdom community I'm creating, I'm not coming to create a a, uh, religion. I'm not coming to create uh, an organization or an institution. I'm not coming to to build buildings across the world that we're going to mistakenly call churches. I'm bringing my kingdom and I'm declaring my kingship. And as the king of this new kingdom, you will know who's in the kingdom and who's not by how they love and how they serve. So among you who receive me, it will be quite different. You're not going to live an ordinary life. You're not going to live low, down, broken, defeated, angry, resentful. It's not you. Instead, Whoever has any desire to be a leader among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. No one can be a great leader who's also not a humble servant. It's not possible. You see, saved people, you guys are so sharp, saved people serve people, but Resentful people don't. You see, resenting God kills serving Him. And the reality is that you and I can be angry with God and not resentful. You and I can be confused and not resentful. 
you and I can be hurt by people and by God and not be resentful. But resentment is lethal for one reason. Resentment has to do with turning away. And in the Old Testament, the panim, the face of God, uh, was what everyone sought and what we seek as well. We have seen the face of God by faith in Jesus. But in the Old Testament, Job, for instance, if you've never read it, I encourage you to read the book of Job. It is one of the things that convinces me about the authenticity of the Word of God because there are several things if I was a human being writing the Bible, I would not have included, Job being one of them. I would also not have included the suffering of Christ quite like it was. I would not have included my Savior saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But in that pain, Jesus was talking to whom? You can say to God. His face was towards the Lord. He did not turn his face away from the panim of God. Face to face, heart to heart, direct engagement, all in struggle, no turning away. And so it is in the book of Job. You know the story, Job loses everything. His wife encourages after, after all of their, their children are dead, after he's lost everything he owns, his wife encourages him, curse God and die. Turn away from God. And Job says, I will not. And the pain of Job's life when Satan tests him in Job 1.11, but stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and surely he will curse you to his face. Surely he will turn away from you. But he did not. And at the end of the book, God affirms Job and rebukes his three friends who were all the time spouting theology of there must be sin in your life to have it so hard. There must be something wrong with you to have it so hard. And God rebukes them and affirms Job because Job never turned away from him. So let me say it again. Resentment involves a turning away from, a withdrawal from, being disheartened by and, and your heart growing cold. You can be angry with God all you want. I guarantee you he can handle it. You can be confused and not know. There are so many things I don't know about God, so many mysteries. I feel like I'm simply alive in a mystery that I cannot explain. There are so many things that occur in life that, that, that you know, in time simply make no sense. But in all of those things, you and I can stay engaged with God. We can keep our face towards Him. We can struggle. We can cry out. We can, we can uh, stay face to face with Him as Jesus did in the garden. Father, if there's any way, may this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours. Jesus stayed engaged, heart to heart, face to face with God. Judas turned away. Save people serve people, but resentful people don't. And the moment any of our pain, the pain of our path, the moment any of our sorrow, the moment any of our, our resentment, uh, when, when our dreams die and they come crashing down in flames like the, the Hindenburg in, in front of us, and when these things happen, the moment those things darken into resentment, we've turned our face away from the God of light and into 
an infinite abyss of darkness. And guys, the reality is that, that many of us here today are, are dead in resentment of God. We're not just angry, but we've, we're angry and we've turned away. We have withdrawn. We're not just in pain, we're in pain, but instead of taking our pain to Him and carrying our pain into His presence and crying out, we have pulled back. We're not just confused about why this happened or why that happened. We are confused and instead of looking towards the light of God for clarity, we have turned our heart away and many of us have hearts that are cold and dying in the dark. Saved people or resentful people don't. In the shack, McKinsey is a dad who lost his youngest daughter to a serial killer. They're out camping and they're distracted by uh, an incident on the lake and they leave their daughter just long enough to, to save the life of, of a, a middle child and when they get back, his daughter has been taken and murdered. And there was a shack in the woods where uh, a dress was found and it is it is the place where his great sadness that shadows the rest of his life begins. And in the story, we meet Mackenzie as God calls him back to the shack, except the shack looks different because of the presence of God. And he's called back to the place of his pain to engage with God, to be face-to-face -face with God. And don't any of y'all get upset because God's portrayed as a woman because... It fits in the story, and God made us in the image of, of man, male and female. He made him, so just don't get your t-shirt and twist, okay? <laughs> and we're going to meet McKenzie as God calls him back out of his resentment. So Jesus pictures this new community that will carry on the work that he began in redemption, that, that will believe in a way they will live a given life and they will lay down their own interest and their own purpose and their own agendas and, and be filled with a new spirit. They will be not darkness in the world and more of the broken, but they will be the light of life because they have the light of life. Jesus said this community is so intertwined and so redeemed that, that, that he is the light of the world and now in believing that, that they become the light of the world too in Matthew chapter 5. And so saved people in beautiful ways, in selfless ways, in active ways, it's not just a thought it's not just an attitude, it's not just a niceness, it is an engagement with the world that, that touches broken, that is proximate with pain, that gets over ourselves and actually does something about other hurting people's journeys. But resentful people, they don't serve, they can't serve. Because instead of looking to the Father and of struggling with Him, and if you are a struggler, that's okay. Just don't be a straggler. Just learn to struggle successfully. 
Every day of my life is a struggle, but by God's grace, I pray that it's a joyful struggle in love. And this new community, it's, it's, not, it's not about churchy people or religious people. It's, it's, it's about serving people. Serving that begins at home, husbands and wives that don't throw each other away when, when they claim their needs aren't being met because Christ so meets your needs. If no one ever does anything for you the rest of your life, you still have all that you need for joy. And his name is Jesus. And Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses it, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And then verse 2 says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. You see, God has called you to be a profound and beautiful difference in a dark and angry world. He has a serving path marked out for you. Let us uh, run the race that, that God has set before us, that God has marked out for us. Imagine Father from eternity past creating you on purpose with the body you have, the mind you have, the gifts you have for the purposes He has. Imagine Father marking out your journey. He chose what century to, to have you born in. You could have just as easily been born in the 14th century. He chose the pigment of skin that you were to be born in. He chose the, the nation. All of this he did not for your glory, but for his. In the hope and the belief that you would give your life to him and let him use you in that context to be the difference. In a broken home, to be the difference. In a work environment where people are hostile and complaining, to be the difference. In a climate, uh, corporate uh, ladder climbing culture, to be the difference. To show that even if you win the rat race, it means nothing if you're still a rat. We need to recommit to that path that God has called us to um, a, a thousand times and to return. Uh, but, but the reality is that sinning kills serving quickly and easily. And when we settle for sin in our lives, um, first of all, we're sinning because we're dissatisfied with God. We're sinning because we're finding some substitute for His joy. Some, some God substitute for love, some God substitute for intimacy, some God substitute for success and significance. And, and here's what Israel learned. Every God substitute slash idol that they turned to failed them. In fact, the scriptures described it as something that would pierce them, something they would lean on, like leaning on a spear to rest on. No, you can't lean on that. It simply goes through you. And every substitute, which is by definition not God and therefore God-less, that we turn to only increases the sadness, only increases the darkness, like a, an increasing heroin addiction or 
or drug addiction of any kind, it's, it's a never-ending cycle into an endless abyss. So, so throw those things off. Make a turn. Because the sin beneath so many sins is simply resenting God and the pain of your path. And there's two kinds of pain on, on your path. There's the pain that you cause yourself uh, by your sin. And the crazy thing about this is in Proverbs 19, uh, 3, the, the scripture reveals, you know, the sameness of humanity throughout time. So, so there is a pain that we cause ourselves that we, that we then uh, resent God for. And Proverbs 19, uh, 3 says, uh, you know, that that a, a fool's folly ruins his own life, but then he rages against God. So we do stupid stuff, and then when bad consequences happen, we, we hold God accountable. That's crazy land. But that's where sin lives. Sin is insanity. And so, so let's... Let's set that, side, that sin aside, understanding that in the goodness of God, the good of God redeems even the, the pain that we cause ourselves. There is nothing beyond the saving grip of Jesus Christ, so it's not hopeless. It's incredibly hopeful when we repent, when we let go, when we turn again and face Father. But let's talk for just a second about all the pain that's in our life that we didn't cause. The abuse that happened that wasn't your fault. The, the cancer you didn't choose. The things you suffered as a child that were other people's choices, other adults who were supposed to be looking after you, but instead were wounding you. The work of Satan is to get you to hold each of those works that he did, not to his account, but to God's. And the work of Satan is to get you to turn away from God, his light, his love, his hope, his peace, his redemption. And, and actually, in turning away from God, we're turning towards him. This really is a, a serious moment in the sense that you and I have a fundamental choice to make at this fork in the road in life. To hold on to our sin and our resentment. Not just our anger towards God, but our anger that isn't a struggle with God, but an anger that has walked away from. We have a choice to hold on to our resentment and live in a dying darkness or to turn. We have a choice to judge God Or to yield to his love. I want to show you a second scene. And this, this is a scene where McKinsey um, is basically called to account for his resentment of God. And, and where he has a, a fork in the road just like the rest of us. Safe people serve people, but resentful people don't. When we judge God not to be good, 
When we judge God to be distant and absent and uncaring and unloving, we will never be able to serve Him. And, and all the, the best that we're going to be able to do is, is produce some sort of, of moldy religious duty that, that is going to be lifeless. And we may attend church, we may read Scripture once in a while, I don't know, there, there may be some of the outward edges, but on the inside, because we have rejected the good of God in the face of Jesus... Nothing will ever be alive. We need to repent of our resentment. And we need to return to Jesus. He is the good of God. He is the proof that you're loved. He is the path forward in a way that is bigger than we, we make it. I'm, I'm telling you, when, when God says He loves you and Jesus is proof, He means it. It's not, a, it's not low religious language. It's not something that's smaller than your pain. It's not something smaller than your cancer. You don't understand. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is bigger than life. He's bigger than, than what feels like the black hole inside of you. Jesus is the infinite good of God in every direction who is able to redeem your life and fill it with joy and love and peace and purpose and passion. There is no reason to live a low-down, broken, sad little life on earth. You can re repent and let go of your resentment. Return to Jesus. We do this, verse 2 of Hebrews 12 says, by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And this means so much more than you and I have, have thought it did. It is so much deeper. This is a whole life look. This is far deeper than on the surface. This is, is looking past your pain. It's looking through your sorrow. It's looking through all of the dark and seeing infinite light and infinite joy and infinite hope that overshadows it all. That's what it means to look at Jesus. He's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, all the heart of his life. He never turned away from God. He struggled, but he was joyfully faithful. And he always turned to the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But into your hands I commit my spirit. I, I commit all that I am to you, Father, to your good, to the bigness of your life, and for the joy set before him. It's not this world that we're living for. You live for this world, and what you're going to get as a reward is six feet of dirt in your face. And if that's okay for you, all right, but I want more. I want life. I want life that's eternal. And Jesus promised that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And now, how did it work out for him? He's seated at the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility endured from sinful people. Jesus didn't have it easy. You think you got it hard, and maybe you do. But you don't have it harder than Jesus. And however hard hell has made your life, however hard you've made your life by, by doing hell, Jesus redeems it all with the good. And if you and I will only repent of our resentment and return to serving Jesus, we'll find life. We will find joy in His presence. Verse 4 says, after all, you have not yet given up your lives in your struggle against sin. So here's the challenge. You can live the rest of your life sad and self-centered, angry and addicted, 
searching and using things and people. You can spend the rest of your life trying to maintain some sort of an outside religious, uh, you know, appearance to where you pretend and you act and you, you try, but like holding a brick at arm's length, it's going to wear you out. Or you can yield. and You can give your heart to Jesus. And I mean in a whole life. Breath of air. Everything changes kind of way. That's what it means to really believe. Have you ever believed in Jesus? I mean really believed in the, in the good of God that is completely lit an otherwise lightless world. Have you ever been saved? If you haven't, then I want to challenge you to give your life to Jesus. There's a way on the back to become a follower of Christ. And let everything change. If you have, then I'm going to ask you to repent of your resentment. I'm going to ask you to invest the rest of your life face to face with, with the infinite joy and the good and the life and the peace and the love of God. And if you have to struggle, so be it. And if you have to cry, then, then know that Jesus keeps every one of your tears. The book of Revelation teaches that. <laughs> There's a golden bowl where the Father keeps every prayer you've ever prayed and, and every tear you've ever cried. And he's just waiting to give you a new name. You'll receive a stone with a new name on it that nobody else will know but you. So lay down your resentment. Get back on the path of serving and being the difference. And let God change not only your life. Let's just stop thinking about us. Let, let God... Let God use you to change society, to, to change our, the systems, to change the world. I'm going to ask you just to, to bow for just a moment. And if you would lay down your resentment of God, and I'm not saying this is the end of the process, I'm saying this is the beginning. Just tell him so right now. And even if you can't put it all into words, just turn from your dark to the face of light, Jesus. Tell him, Father, I choose a different path. So look up here and I'm going to close this in prayer. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I'm going to ask you to embrace your life as a servant and for the joy set before you, run your race beautifully with passion and courage and boldness and creativity in a way that will that will just be Jesus revealing for as long as you breathe and I'm going to ask you to sign up 
Just start. Sign up for the, for the Be the Difference Challenge. Just start. Again, love acts. It's not just a, a wordless you know, it's thought. It's, it's an action. So I'm going to ask you to act. And let the fork in the road take you to some amazing new God places where you're going to be Jesus and meet him in, in, in joyful ways in the days to come. Father God, I thank you so much for giving us your good in this broken and hopeless world. And I thank you that, that Jesus, you told the truth when you said in this world we would have trouble, but in you, you have overcome the world. And so Jesus, we ask forgiveness for our resentment. We repent. We turn our face to you. We accept our call to serve. And God, we, we just thank you for the chance to be the difference. And I thank you for all the ways the world is going to be different because of these amazing people and the yes they've given to you. And I pray this believing that Jesus is bigger than life. And all God's people say, Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.